It's Leah Rance. Today's episode. Ooh, before I start, I should have probably said that like Pennywise. It's. Oh, is that like it? Oh, that was bad. You know what? Let me leave that alone. Either way. Hi. This episode is proudly sponsored by Academy Mortgage of Agawam. They get the deal closed. On today's episode, me and Jared Maple review IT Chapter 2. And before we get into it, I want to remind you that I was born in 1992. And Jared Maple was born even later than that. So when I repeatedly say in this episode that the IT TV series was made in the 80s and not in 1990, please don't judge me too harshly. Okay. So we did it! We both saw it, Chapter Two, not together. I was on it like the day, <laughs> like the night of. My whole show revolved around clowns that day. I couldn't get like get it out of my mind. I was so ready for it. Like specifically spooky clowns, or just yeah? Clowns, I just period. kept finding reasons to bring up clowns. I don't know why, <laughs> because it was in the back of my head, and I was just. I mean, I like bought the tickets in advance. I was in oh, it. Oh yeah, I was gonna. You were like. In it. To win it, because It Chapter 1 was such a phenomenal horror movie. So when the second one rolled around, I was like, I need to be certain that I am in, you know, prime position, middle seat. I like Mm. personally being near the bar. I don't know about you. I okay. So if I'm in one of the new cinemas with with like uh, the uh, recliners, oh. uh, I could be like all the way in the back. Yeah, who cares? Fine. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, as long man. as I'm not like in like the front row looking directly up, I'm golden. Yeah, that's true. My, I've had movies totally ruined for me simply because I was either too cold in the theater <laughs> or I was like too far up front mm-hmm. and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I was I was ready for this. Okay, so real quick, so it chapter one. One of my favorite horror movies in the past probably like decade or so. I'm assuming you're in the same boat. Oh, 100%. Like, it was... And you know what's... Okay, we should start this off by saying, um, I've never read the book. Neither have I. I, I know that, to my knowledge, uh, It Chapter 2 definitely stays near the book's ending, too. It did, but you know what? I looked up the Wikipedia page. I'm not going to lie. I looked Mm -hmm. up just the plot line of It and It Chapter 2 because I was curious to know where the differences were, what they chose not to keep with. Because Now, did you ever watch the original TV series with Tim Curry as the clown? Uh, The TV series? No. Okay, in the 80s, yeah. yeah. Because I, I could already tell you there was differences in that mm-hmm. uh, and this as well. So, I mean, obviously, like, I love Tim Curry, don't get me wrong, but like this was definitely better. Oh, my God, it was amazing, yeah. <laughs> because having it a TV series, it was just these long lulls of being like, ah, when's the scary part going to happen, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, so let's, let's get okay. into, right. like, let's do a little bit of an overview of the whole movie. Okay, yeah, sure. But but again, I know that we kind of did this before all of our reviews. Like two sentence, like spoiler free review. What do you have? Oh, give okay. us like a number in like two sentences. Uh, okay. For it, chapter two, I would give it an eight out of ten, and I would say that it is like very thought provoking, and it definitely requires a couple more watches to really get the depth of the um, like the emotional spectrum of what's being it's so much more 
than a horror film, which are my favorite kind of horror films, is where they're kind of a little bit of everything. There used to be this golden era of movies and of stories that didn't just try to pigeonhole themselves into being a scary movie. This movie is not just a scary movie. It also deals with, you know, some like family issues and you know issues with growing up it's a coming of age story and i loved that it wasn't just all about a clown in fact the clown <laughs> wasn't even the biggest part of this film and it didn't need to be so that's my that's my review on it all right uh Spoiler free. i, I got to give it like a, like a 6 out of 10 Ooh. i know, you know we're, we're going to be disagreeing a little bit here but uh it was definitely still well made like i definitely enjoyed it cuz I, I made sure to text you like once I got out of the theater last night, and I was like, I liked it. It wasn't my favorite, but I but I still liked it. Uh, I mean, I think the the first it the 2017 version I think was is like peak horror. I really loved it, like every second of that. This one is just feels like a little bit like lower on the totem pole than that. I, I will say if we are comparing now it's hard because I do it is a complete story mm-hmm. with it and it chapter 2. However, uh I will agree with you on that. I do feel like the first one in basic terms of being scarier, yes, I would say the first one was scarier. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot more social aspects in in it chapter two, which I think some of which like we'll we'll dive into it here in a minute. But like I think some of which it did really good, some of it I didn't feel like as connected to the characters in certain points. Okay. But uh, and lastly, I really want Pennywise to kick my ass in Street Fighter now because that was like, do you remember that one line in the middle of the movie? Just real quick, without this is like the only mildly spoiler thing we'll get before we officially like lift the curtain off here. But like that, oh, do you want to play Street Fighter? It's like you like that one, don't you? And I was like, I love this. I. I, yes. You are literally Max Rance. You what? are literally <laughs> my brother. The first words out of his mouth in a almost two hour movie. The same thing. He was like, can you believe the Street Fighter line? What Ew. is with Thank you, you two? Max, you're a man of culture if you're listening. <laughs> I can't believe that you guys can even pick out the same stupid line in an entire work of like art. I cannot believe I didn't this. know. I'm just Scared. I'm currently. I'm just scared of Pennywise getting me co- getting getting me stuck in a combo. All right, let's all like I'm terrified. That's my worst fear. <laughs> all right, let's get into uh, some spoiler territory now. So, if for whatever reason you clicked on this and you were like, I want to get a review. That's it for your spoiler free review. That's all the bone we're throwing you. Everything else now, we're going deep dive mm. into the sewers and we're talking about this. Fun fact about. Um, it as a concept initially with Stephen King. Uh, he initially, when he wrote the book, wanted it to be more of like a billy goat figure that lived in um, like under a bridge kind of deal. Okay. Uh, kind of like a, a play on the um, like the troll underneath the bridge kind of okay. fairy tale. Right, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, so he wanted it to almost be kind of like a folklore? Yes, thing he originally? kind of wanted okay. it to be that, and then it kind of morphed into uh, a clown. And a lot of clowns hated this book coming out because it really hindered uh, their profession. True, but like even before this, uh, even before uh, It Chapter 1 came out, I feel like 
like the public sentiment towards clown was basically running dry like over the past like 15 years or so oh. i really feel like nobody likes clowns anymore but i would say that it became because of this coming out in 1986 That's was true. Yeah. you know this novel was really like don't want to mess with them clowns <laughs> <laughs> um so uh so yeah all right so let's get into uh it chapter two it takes place um what is it? 27 years after. Yes, 27 years after the events in It Chapter 1. They're all grown up now. They're all adults. The Losers Club have pretty much, for the most part, disbanded into different parts of the country. And um, Mike Hanlon has stayed in Derry and has become the librarian and kind of the historian of Derry, trying to uh, keep vigilant watch almost. He's the only one that seems to have real memories of it. And that will, I will say, is is true to the book from what I've yeah, seen. Yeah, well, so that was actually one of the critiques that uh, a lot of people had with the first movie was that they turned uh, the bigger guy, I'm forgetting. Ben. Ben. Yeah. So they turned Ben into the historian in It Chapter One when, like, they go into his room and he has, like, the maps and all that stuff, right? So it looks like, I think they kind of, like, took a step back and they're like, oh, hey, people didn't like this when we did this. So I think they just kind of switched it and just used kind of, like, the time jump as, like, an excuse for that. Yeah. Um, Before we even get into the loser story, I want to address the very first, and I would say probably one of the more heart-wrenching moments and scenes in the entire movie, which is honestly the opening sequence, which I was not prepared for. I was kind of floored by it, honestly. I was not expecting, like, such kind of, like, a brutal and, like, kind of telling scene, like, that early on in the movie. Oh, my gosh. So, it opens up in a carnival that's happening in Derry and there's a, a gay couple and you're kind of like not really sure how they're they're going to relate to the story and it turns out that uh, there's this terrible hate crime that basically happens. I mean, I, probably, honest to God, one of the more disturbing hate crimes I've ever seen on, on a movie. It really did uh, bother me a lot and mm-hmm. I always know that Stephen King, the problem I have and some would argue is part of his genius is he really is able to capture evil like oh yeah 100%. very well and uh you know they these group of bullies basically end up bullying these gay guys and kills one of them and throws them under the bridge and his name is adrian he ends up being eaten by a clown um and that actually is true to the book as well it started yeah. out like that but man yeah. you know well, i feel like that kind of sets the scene for dairy too like like there's a bunch of other like film like symbolism mumbo jumbo that you can get into there too where it's like the town has not changed in 27 years because like so if you go back to it chapter wow, one, i didn't think about that but there so their sentiment you know and being progressive yeah, and is not still exactly the same though like wow yeah i didn't think about that yeah yeah well so like so i actually watched it chapter one before i went to go see the second movie and so i watched it and it was the same exact kind of thing where like they're using a lot of homophobic slurs and just like downright beating people still like 27 years in the past and they're still doing it in the present day too yeah, it's interesting to kind of see like how the town hasn't evolved and how it's kind of stayed stagnant just for Pennywise to come back at the same time. So it's kind of like the same exact scenario just 27 years later. Wow, I did not even connect the fact that obviously like they're they're being the the evil of Pennywise returning is affecting and inflicting itself on like some of these people and making them lash out and stuff. But it never occurred to me that they are. Because I I do remember watching it and being like, who the hell would ever be so, you know, who's homophobic? Like, oh, my God. 
gosh, you know, I mean, I was like, I know that this is like a reality, but wow, like this is so awful. And I was, I didn't occur to me that I'm like, oh, because they're still stuck in the 80s as well, you know, yeah. like with a lot of these things. Wow, that's mm-hmm. that's a really good. See, this is why, this I, is why I need you with I me try. to review because you pick up some some poignant <laughs> stuff like that. I like that. All right, it, but uh, just one more thing about that scene. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Not not for like it, it just set it why? just set like a really good setup for like the rest of the story. For for everything I just mentioned, like it shows that Derry is the exact same all these years later. And then especially like cinematography wise, when it shows Adrian like when he's like floating down the river trying to get people to help him, and like you just like very slowly see Pennywise come into frame Ugh. like on the bay of the river. That was amazing. That was I love that. The feeling of dread definitely captured where he's like going underwater, coming back up, here's the clown mm-hmm. going underwater, and you're just like, Oh, here we go yeah, again. And, and then his boyfriend sees him get eaten by Pennywise, like across oh. the river too. It's like, oh, still, it's, it's that had me hooked. Like, like that scene definitely like made sure I was in it for the for you know the long haul here. It's too real. I know. It's too raw. Um, um, but anyway, okay. So then it's it's it is it's like a weird sickening churn. Like okay, yeah. we're back in this. Like you know, and so then we get into the losers club and we kind of see where they're all at. Now, Mike, as we've said before, he was uh, the librarian and he kind of sticks around Derry. So he's the only one that is around and he sees all of these murders begin to happen and immediately. And I love that too, by the way, that we don't have to be like, is it it? Is it not? He's like, nope, that's he's it. Like, that's definitely it. Like, like I'm, I'm calling the troops. Like, there's <laughs> no, like, oh, man, are we really going to have to deal with this again? I mean, there's a little bit of that when, as adults, they come back and they're like, there's no way. Like, there's a bit of disbelief. But we don't, luckily, have to trudge through that a lot. So mm. they all just start to believe pretty quickly. So um, so we go into uh, Beverly, who is... Um, with uh, another, uh, she's abusive with a, dude. She's yeah. with an abusive dude, very reminiscent of her father. Um, not really ever sure what she does now. In the books, she ends up being a famous fashion designer, but they didn't even really uh, talk about her career or no. anything. They just kind of focused on the fact that, like, she's you know in this abusive relationship again. Which, by the way, another t- totally real horrifying sequence to watch when he's like, oh yeah, about to you know beat her basically Mm -hmm. and she manages to escape um ben is thin (laughs) (laughs) well i I love it like everybody's reaction i feel like was like wow he got hot like good for him you know just (laughs) i was like like, oh my gosh well it's you know it's terrible because i feel like they write it as like (laughs) they even said in the wikipedia thing ben is thin i'm like is that really all that ben did ben is an accomplished architect (laughs) he's an architect i'm like god damn i'm like that's a glow up right there i can can respect a lot of people by the way when it came to casting uh, a lot of people would agree that the casting was pretty on point but they said that ben's was arguable i totally disagree with that i think that the guy that they chose to play ben uh it is jay ryan jay ryan thank you oh, you're welcome. uh his i think that he looks pretty similar to the actor who played the kid in it chapter one was jeremy ray taylor for me it's the eye shape mm. and it's like I, I don't know like when someone thins out there they still keep certain you know, yeah, certain features, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think he did actually mm. look like the kid. Yeah, I, I will say, I do think that the casting for the adults was spot on. Oh, my gosh. Entire, oh, my God. Like, everybody, 
Like, I feel like, actually, I mean, they do do it in a couple scenes in the movie, but if you see, if you were to see, like, the kids interacting like with the adults, they'd be the exact same character. Yes. Which, like, so whoever was in charge of the casting for this movie did a magnificent job. And I apparently th- the, the, the actors and the kids would interact a lot, and sometimes the, the, I say the actors and the kids, they're all actors, but the adults would ask the kids about character choices Hmm. because the kids were the ones that first played the characters, and that makes sense to me. And by the way, I love Bill Hader actually credited Finn Wolfhard. He's like, Finn used his fame in Stranger Things to get me (laughs) cast as it. (laughs) And I was like, man. Bill Hader, I think, was probably my favorite part about this movie, honestly. he, He was great. And he ends up being, uh, as Richie, he is a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grows up to be a very famous comedian who is like, we we can see they're all like getting the call and they're all reacting differently. He, decide, he just starts vomiting immediately uh, from hearing the call from Mike and kind of getting these memories of dairy resurfaced. Uh, in the book, he was a disc jockey, so I was a little bit uh, bummed, I'm not going to lie, that they didn't go to the disc <laughs> well, jockey. Well, you ought to be like playing jams in the club. Just like, like, I'm 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted him to be, and I was like, all right, whatever, I can see this working, too. Also, the the minor panic attack I had when he has a um, a moment of, like, he forgets the joke because he's been so taken aback by Mike's call, and he has that yeah. stage fright on, mm-hmm. oh, man, I was, like, clutching my mm-hmm. chest. I was like, I can't handle this. Well, and it's cool, because they actually mentioned it, like, earlier in the movie, too, about how... Uh, how Richie like doesn't write his own material, which I also thought was an interesting character choice as well. Wow, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, so when the kid like, uh, what does the kid say? Like when they're at the Chinese restaurant as they're leaving. Oh yeah, it was let the fun begin, right? And the kid is like, let the fun be, and, the, and, and, and like Richie freaks out. He's like, "Fuck you!" Like you won't control me. And it like like right after that, the kid is like, "Oh, it's 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 a line from your special." Then he's oh, like, and "Oh, and he doesn't." Oh yeah, and then then uh, one of the other guys uh, in that group asks him, and they're like. Jesus, you didn't recognize like like a line from your own special, and he was like, "I don't write my own material," and they just kind of like walk out. That's interesting. Yeah. I never picked up on that. I wonder why that would be like because Richie is a very funny, like off the cuff kind of loudmouth character. Why wouldn't he write his own? I mean, they touch on the whole thing about how he was like insecure with himself over over the True. years too, like closer to the end of the movie. Yeah. Too. So like, I don't know. Like maybe that's supposed to be some kind of like hint towards that, like early on. Maybe so, because he doesn't want to talk about his own life. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Ooh. See, Ooh. you're picking up on these little I dr- nuggets that I, uh, since you've seen it a lot sooner than I have now, mm. that maybe I didn't pick up on. Okay, and then who else are we missing here? Oh, well, Bill. Yeah, I mean, James McAvoy killed it. That was... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, so Bill is, uh, he's gotten over his stutter. Which immediately picks back up the minute Mike calls him. Which I thought was really, that was a really good choice. Yeah, absolutely. It just kind of is a total, a little bit ham-fisted, but totally needed representation mm. of, you know, they are going back into the mindset of children uh, when when this happens again. Now, um, fun fact, so he's turned into this uh they used him as a screenwriter in the movie. He's a screenwriter. His wife is an actress in his movies. He's not good with endings, um, which I thought was a pretty yeah, cool. Was that kind of like a fourth ball break on Stephen King's part? Like, like are people upset with his endings? I, I don't know. Is that a common thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Maybe we could delve into that a little bit later. I'm not. I haven't fully figured that one out yet. Um, but uh, in the books, um, he was. 
a horror writer, so he was definitely a Stephen King. Oh my uh, god, was it a self-insert and we just didn't notice it until now? I think now? so. I think a little bit of it was. And he and his wife was an actress. Her name was Audra, who played a more significant role actually in the movie oh, that really? she did not. Uh, we only see her briefly in this movie. And I, truth be told. Um, just kind of doing a fast forward on Audra, but what ends up happening is that Audra ends up going to Derry with the Losers Club. She's concerned about Bill. Um, Beverly's husband, Tom, ends up also going to Derry, and Tom ends up kidnapping Audra and taking her to the sewer, and they are both um, Audra is stunned by the, the deadlights, and Tom is killed. And... Um, Ooh, yeah, okay. so so Audra actually had kind of a, a lot bigger role, but I felt that they did the good choice of not adding that in because truth be told, we grew up now watching these or we feel like we know these kids and we know these adults. Any new characters into this would have felt like, why should I care a little bit? I yeah, know that's yeah. terrible, but like... No, 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 I could definitely see that, though. It's a lot of characters already mm-hmm. we're covering here, and like, you know, we feel attached to. You're kind of starting to push the limit yeah. there. And not, and not to mention, like, this movie was almost a three-hour runtime. Yeah. Too, so, like, there was a lot of stuff that they were able to kind of, like, cram in there, and I feel like putting in, like... You know, two extra character arcs might have been a little bit much. Yeah, exactly. I felt like they did a really good job of of showing the the dynamics mm-hmm. between the two relationships that Bev and Tom had, and then Audra and Bill had. So, and then we've got Eddie, my boy, <laughs> my boy Eddie, who is uh, now just finding himself in a relationship with essentially a woman who is his mother, and she is. That was a really funny callback. I will say that was hysterical. Oh my gosh, the fact that she's like. <laughs> She goes. She, he, she goes. Say you love me. I love you, mom. Ah. Like, ah. <laughs> and um. Actually, just real quick, while we're yeah. talking about callbacks, specifically with uh, with Eddie, there was a callback that that I loved, like during the uh, uh, during like the big final sequence when they're fighting off Pennywise for the last time. Um, in it chapter one, uh, it's revealed that Eddie was being given uh like placebo pills, uh, by his mom to like fake his illness. Yes, that was pretty intense mm. to learn about. Well, she definitely had something like Munchausen, like by proxy or oh, something. Oh, absolutely. You know? But uh, Eddie in the first movie mistakenly calls it like gazebo pills. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Which, which was funny. He was like, You're giving me gazebos. And he like, throws like a pill bottle on the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. I but Pennywise that. brings that back up in the last fight uh, after they try to capture him and like the whole like uh, Native American like capture device. Yeah. It's like a ghost catcher from Danny Phantom, you know? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Oh, what is that called? Like a gazebo? And then, like, I, and then, like me watching, the, you know, the first movie like two hours prior, I was like, Oh, my God. Like, that was cool. It's yeah. Like, That's a good callback. These movies definitely work together, you know? Mm. Um, and then, oh, and then Stanley uh, gets the call from Mike. Yeah. And he, and true to the books, he gets the call and he decides that he can't face it again. Which, to be fair, in the first movie, I feel, arguably, he got really the brunt of, of it. In yeah. the fact that he's dragged off and, like, you know, I mean, essentially, he, he could have died right then. So he ends up killing himself. Um, and he writes on on the blood in the wall it and that's kind of how it all starts and everything and uh that one was totally true to the books and really added a sense of like 
seriousness to the rest of the movie where it was oh, yeah. like how terrifying this was for them and like how deep the trauma still is, you know? Yeah. So they all return and they go to the Chinese restaurant. Now, something I remembered vividly for whatever reason from the 80s TV show was this scene with the fortune cookies. I just remembered that because that is that is something that happens where the fortune cookies now, you know, in the 80s, they worked with what they could <laughs> and it was just blood coming out of like one fortune cookie and then was like a bird. But this one, hell no. They were uh, like... They kind of balls to the walls. I was... They were like, we're going to make this a weird psychedelic, you know, monster thing. These monsters were weird, man. I don't know. The babies being. Yeah, it was like a baby. So it was like a bat with a baby's head. Yes. Right? It It was whack. And like fingers and like it was odd. Whoever was coming up with the monsters was like on one. They were like, <laughs> I'm not going to do something even remotely similar to anything you've mm-hmm. ever seen before. So, yeah. I also liked uh, like just as that scene was winding down, how they touched on the fact that if Pennywise is trying to like get to you, uh, you're the only like, like those were the only people that could see what Penny's like, what was going on around them. It's so like when Pennywise was essentially screwing with them with like the fortune cookie things and all yes. the shenanigans. Uh, the waitress at the Chinese restaurant walks in on them like beating the chair over the dining room table, right? like all this other stuff, and they're just like, uh, "Can we get the check, please?" <laughs> right? Yeah. They're like whoopsie. And um, so then they end up finding out that they all need to find their tokens or whatever to complete this ritual that Mike has convinced Bill of that needs to happen. Uh, that that will basically what is it called? The ritual of Chud, I think, is what it's called. I like, think so. Uh, hold on, let me double check. It was kind of hard to catch during the actual movie. Yeah. But okay, so this is actually one of the gripes that I have with the movie, though, is that I felt like it spent a large part of it. So, like, the entire middle section of the movie, they kind of framed is, like, this adventure-type movie with, like, everybody splitting up and then going into, like, these different, and, like, trying to get, like, their own, like, totems and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, I feel like it couldn't decide if it wanted to be a horror or, like, an adventure movie, which could be partially to blame on the books, but, like, I kind of had, like, this conflicting kind of like view of like how I should be watching this movie you know and that's really funny because I think that's why I liked this movie is the fact of exactly what you're saying is that it wasn't just horror it was also an adventure and it was also like this deeply moving coming of age kind of thing where a lot of these monsters that they're dealing with now when they were children now you know and this is also something that's to the success and I would say to the credit more so of you know I I haven't read the novel but I would say the movie is even more powerful than the novel because in the in the novel uh it come it decides to scare them as Dracula or as a werewolf Mm. or as something like that. This is like touching on very real fears that that they had, um, like Beverly. And I would argue that Beverly's entire scene where she's figuring out that was the one that I actually really liked with the old woman. Yes. Oh my gosh! I so unsettling with that naked old grandma (laughs) running around. That was so weird, man. We. Weird messes me up even more yeah. than anything else, and um, and the scenes where it would show her interactions with the father and dousing her in perfume, and it was just, mm-hmm. ugh, it was make your hair stand on the back of your neck. So, and that was actually one of my things, though. Like with these scenes, I feel like I would have liked the whole middle section of the movie when they're going to go and get their totems a lot more if I f- if they didn't really rely on the jump scares as much as they did, because there was a lot of that where like. 
like, especially, so, like, let's take uh, when, I'm trying to remember the character's name, sorry, there's a lot of people in this movie, uh, uh, when Ben is, like, in the locker, right? In, yes. Like, when he's having, like, and that flashback, and he, like, leans back, and I was like, yeah, okay, there's gonna be, you know, like, Pennywise is gonna be behind him, and I was like, oh, Pennywise is behind him. You know, right. and I feel like there was, a, there was probably, like, a half dozen of those examples, like, scattered throughout the movie, where I was like, it, it was, like, predictable scares. I gotcha. Yeah, and I I know what you mean, but it still added to the tension, I would say. Like, you needed a little bit of jump scare, I felt like, but I didn't feel like... So whenever I... I hate jump scares. Um, I hate love them, but like I will be the type to cover my eyes because I can't... I the, Especially when the when the music drops, I'm like, oh yeah. gosh, I need the music. Well, well that's why... It, like, and that's the thing with the jump scares for me, though, is that like... It, and again, this happens a lot in this movie where it's like the music rises, like you hear the crescendo, and then everything drops off. And I was like, three, two, one, ah! You know, and like that's... Right. I felt like it got kind of predictable past a certain I, point. I, and I wasn't... I will admit, I didn't spend a lot of this movie with my... My hand over my eyes because I was more so kind of fascinated by it and I didn't feel like it was it was just it was horrifying to watch but it wasn't like I was getting and that's that's where like the meteor side of horror comes into is mm. jump scares are so cheap like horror and the actual horror in that scene in Ben's scene where it talks about the January embers and and oh my gosh and and where he's initially he's talking to Beverly and he, she's like well how could I ever love someone as fat as you and you know immediately that it's turning into it and then she he turns around mm-hmm. and her head is on fire and that was just Oh, like horrific to watch. And that walk, that weird. Yeah, that was strange. That was strange was where this movie did it best. Honestly, I would say like, so. Yeah. You know, being strange, having weird baby like uh, <laughs> monsters and then having different and unique. I just kept thinking to myself, this movie was definitely like we're going to do something unique, but it did do the jump scares. And I will say that, yeah. that I understand where you're coming from with that. But I felt like it did need to break things up a little bit mm. you know for people like i really liked it from a thematic standpoint though it, like i think i think ben's entire like thing when he's in the school is great yeah but, like i think especially when he's like sitting down at the desk and like it, like that's one of those things where you know that something is about to happen you know but i feel like it didn't rely on just like this whole like ah uh, spooky thing jumps out of you and no uh, like out of nowhere you know like i felt like that had like a proper build-up to it when you first see beverly's like head on fire and all that yeah. stuff because that's one of those things that's like really kind of like hard to look at you yeah know? and the monsters again I, uh, going back to my point the monsters weren't just dracula weren't mm-hmm. just like a werewolf because that wouldn't matter that would make no sense these were like his deep-seated fears of being the fat kid and the girl not liking him and then like it being kind of twisted in and of itself and it is making making fun of him for his poem and January embers and stuff. And just it's it's sick. It's wrong, you know. And then so Bill's uh, manifested as um, obviously him coming to face to face with Georgia again in the basement and kind of a callback to that. Yeah. By the way, the moments where they did you notice this? The moments where they would have flashbacks of the children when they were children again. Now, obviously, this movie was filmed. Uh, the, the first one was uh, came out 2017. Mm-hmm. The kids grow in a way that their face starts to change. Did you notice the subtle CGI to keep the kids? No, I didn't. Well, that's I was really impressed by everything that they did in the callbacks cuz like 
Especially with all the kids and stuff, like the kids, and even the sets were like one to one from the first movie. Yeah. Now, I would say they probably were doing the same sets again, but I bet you that these kids did not, and I don't have confirmation of this. I just saw it. The kids had to go and film these scenes, but I'm sure they looked entirely different they now. Must have, right? Because well yeah, because I mean, you know, think of the difference between like being like 14 to 16. It's like yeah. night and day, you know? So they had to use a little bit of subtle CGI, but it was just enough where I know a lot of people didn't catch that, but I I did, but it was like, wow, good job. Man, technology is mm-hmm. insane, you know, that we're seeing <laughs> in like Gemini Man and now what we've seen like with Robert Downey Jr. with uh Avengers, oh, yeah, what they can yeah. accomplish now mm-hmm. and making people look young. It's crazy. Yeah. You know? And I think when it comes to like the de-aging CGI, mm-hmm. if it's done well, you won't notice it. Exactly. Right? And, and this like, was done well. And, like, and that's why, like, I didn't even notice that like in the slightest, but that's a really good catch because I had no idea. Like, they looked exactly the same as they did two years ago. Right, yeah. So, um... So Bill had to come face to face with Georgie and and deal with that and uh, who who else? Well, Mike, we had to see deal with his parents being oh you know, yeah burned, burned alive. alive yeah you know and we find out a little more about the story that it was in a house and he just kind of sat there. Another thing, uh, did you catch when he was in the butcher shop in the flashback? No, they they set the fire to his parents' apartment. Yeah. Wait, how'd you... Because the butcher, like, whispers over to... Oh, no, no, it was a customer comes in, right, who's giving Mike, like, the side eye, essentially, presumably because he's black, because, again, this town is buying into a lot of, like, the tensions that surround, yeah. you know, different, different, uh, different kinds of people. And he, uh, the customer leans over the counter and talks to the butcher's son, and is like, hey, just remember that we talked about that fire. And he's like, that's tonight. So it's like, so yeah, no, so that entire scene is like put into context where it's like, he's just doing his job, right? And then it uses that awesome opportunity to tell you how this happened. And then it immediately goes like fast forwards to that night. Wow. Where his parent, where he's basically stuck yeah. under the side of the door. I didn't catch that out. either, honestly. Like, because I know that, um, who was it? I think it was the, the bully. Uh, what's his name? What's the bully's name? Henry. Uh, Bowers. Henry. Yeah, Henry yeah. Bowers. He ends up saying they were crackheads or something. Yes. Or he's ma- he totally like lying. And I knew it oh, was 100%. a lie, but I didn't know what it started from. Wow, wow, mm-hmm. wow. That's oh, that's so awful. <laughs> um, and uh, we do catch up with Henry Bowers, who is in an insane asylum, fittingly enough. Which works, yeah. I mean, um, no complaints there. Yeah, and uh, he is immediately called by it to kind of do his bidding and uh, starts driving around with his old pal in a car. Yeah, with that was his... like Uncanny Valley kind of. I wasn't was sure weird, how I felt man. about that. Yeah, that was just bizarre. There were some moments <laughs> in this where I was like, I don't know if I should be scared or I should be laughing. That was another thing. Yeah. I laughed in this movie a lot more than I anticipated to, mm. you know, and we'll kind of get into what I thought was like, bar, bar none, one of the funniest scenes, but I, I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not, but I was laughing. Wait, which one? Um, so, well, hold on. Let's let's get through all the token stuff. Okay. Eddie ends up going back to creepy pharmacist guy. Yes. And he ends up seeing his mother tied down and is about to be eaten by a leper, which is wild. Yeah, that was just weird. That, was was, just that one was weird. And I think that was his flashback. Yeah, so it was him as a kid. And then when he goes back down there to like kind of like discover his token, that's where there's the other like, well, I mean, the leper is essentially back. Yeah. Right, and he, that's when he kind of like chokes it out and then it pukes like this weird tar type looking stuff like all over him. Yeah. 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 He, was having, he was having a bad day, my dude. Yeah. Oh, and Richie, uh, we come to find out that Richie had an encounter with 
another kid and he just wanted to play some arcade games. There was some hints that Richie might have been gay mm-hmm. um, and he was bullied for it. And then he ends up being pursued by the Paul Bunyan statue in the <laughs> middle of the. That was so wild. Yeah, yeah, that was the one thing that I think that might have gone a little bit too far. I don't know if that was like from the books or anything. That was from the books, but, like, actually. The massive Paul Bunyan statue chasing after. <laughs> it never came as a clown to any of them. Them, honestly, actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think maybe to to bill briefly, but to I bill I, briefly, yeah, yeah. I think for the most part, it wasn't okay. So the the what I was going to say is the I think the funniest scene in the whole thing is that my boy Eddie is already having a bad day because he's been vomited on by a leper, yeah. and as a germaphobe myself, I can. Totally relate with Eddie most of the time. Just having a freaking mental breakdown, like when he had a breakdown about that gray water and going in the sewers. I felt him on mm-hmm. a spiritual level. Anytime I saw them like swimming around and then coming up for air and there's like water coming out, I'm like, no, 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 it's in your mouth. Oh, <laughs> but he he goes upstairs to try and clean himself up, and freaking Henry Bauer comes up with his knife. And I didn't know if it was it trying to mess with them still. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know if it was real or not. And he stabs him right in the freaking cheek. Eddie gets stabbed right in the cheek. <laughs> And he's like, oh my God. So, like, <laughs> he just goes and has a very realistic reaction. Like, I should go away from this situation, hide yeah. underneath of. I definitely think that was intentionally funny, though, because he does the whole thing where, like, when Bowers is just laughing after he stabs him, in, like, knife in cheek, Eddie steps into the bathtub backwards, <laughs> closes the curtain, and with, like, he's like, ha, 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 as he's closing the curtain, like, just over his face. Yep. And then, then he stabs Bowers, which was, like, which I think that entire scene was hysterical, because, like, uh, you were kind of expecting him to stab him. Like, let's be real. Right, here. right. Yeah, and then, like, so he runs out. And just <laughs> how blunt it was when Bev and um, uh, Ben see him like when he's bleeding out on the staircase he's like powers is just f***ing stabbing he's in my bathroom he was, yeah, like, he, was, he was just like he was like so rigid i was like he's having the worst day yeah, ever so bad for like him. oh my gosh so uh yeah and then ended up um oh and who you know who else is having a bad day that little that little kid i was about to mention that too. yeah that little kid uh, i don't think he's ever given an actual name I don't think let's so. just call him little kid little, little kid little kid that bill uh immediately sees georgie like in you yeah. know you could definitely Which tell they actually do on. look alike though like yeah. the two actors actually look very much alike i bet you that was intentional 100 oh, this yeah. poor kid first off gets yelled at by richie in the chinese restaurant just for <laughs> just for reciting his comedy at yeah. him and he just wants like a, he's a fan and he gets yelled at by richie and then he and then he's just like skateboarding down the street and this random a, he, old man this adult yeah Bill. Bill just grabs him he's like don't go to the sewer <laughs> it's like, which let's be honest, as like a nine-year-old kid, you must be traumatized from that. <laughs> like, like a grown-ass man grabs me by the shoulders and starts shaking me, just like, like don't listen to the clown. I was surprised at one point, like an adult didn't step in and be yeah. like, "Sir, get away from my child!" Like, yeah. so he's like, "I'm not. I'm gonna go to the the fair," and then come to find out, wouldn't you know it? And this was featured a lot in the promos but mm-hmm. it is uh that's that's his next meal is this little kid and bill goes to try to save him in that the was mirror such maze. a good scene that was that was one of the few moments in the film where i was like this is like a like, like that's a legit horror scene right there yeah because originally like from the promo i thought that it was going to be bill's kid 
I didn't know that they weren't going to be like related or anything. Oh, okay. That's right. Because I thought like the promos seemed like they kind of had it set up. So it was like, you know, Bill's trying to like stop Pennywise from eating his like his own son. You yeah, know? right. But but regardless, the scene was set up perfectly because obviously the entire you know scenario of them being stuck in a fun house with a you know yeah. a demonic you know Orwellian clown thing you know it's just like it's great but in like all the play with like the glass and stuff and then he winds up just being on the other side of this glass from the kid and he's just like listen like you gotta like come with me kid doesn't listen to him and immediately just the tension of the using Pennywise start banging his head on the glass and then like James McAvoy trying to like kick the glass in on his side to save the kid it was just oh, yeah. so good Sorry. to be fair I could see why the kid didn't want to go with Bill I mean no, no it's understandable <laughs> this I man who just shook me in the street <laughs> and like can't leave me alone has followed me into a dark like fun house mm-hmm. but I mean if I had to choose between that or the clown I think I would <laughs> yeah and the clown like that was sorry do you care if i oh no go go ahead go ahead that that was absolutely wild like the entire thing pennywise eats him in one bite huge blood splatter like that was the probably the goriest scene in the movie right Mm -hmm. like i to my knowledge i think it was and then just immediately lights flicker lights come back on it's all gone bill skarsgård who i would argue is one of the stronger points but not the focal point in this movie Mm. which is why i think maybe some people if they're really looking for the horror aspect might favor the first one over the second one because he's utilized more in that um he does best when he acts completely off his freaking rocker like he's so good at being unpredictable and the way he moves and these weird little shakes that he does and the whole busting his head through the the mirror and and his interaction um with the little girl Mm -hmm. i also felt like really showed his oh there was a sense of dread when the when all of the people in the movie theater were watching this you know i actually when you watch it something i love about watching movies when they first come out especially horror movies is like the people that want to be loud Mm -hmm. i like that personally i know some people don't like that but i like it it feels like it's part of the experience you can watch a movie a ton of times by yourself alone you know what i mean but like you only get one shot to watch it with people that are like really in it and don't know what's going to happen. And when that little girl came down from the bleachers and she she knows that this clown is not her friend but then he starts to fake cry and everybody in the audience collectively just went oh no (laughs) like because we all knew it was a tactic and she falls for it and and that was that was definitely another sense of dread because i was like oh gosh don't talk to the the clown anymore no that was definitely one of those times where i was like oh this is going to happen oh no oh no that's where (laughs) bill really shines is that he's able to like you know tap into the demonic part of being mm-hmm. Pennywise and the fact that it's not actually a clown it's this like weird alien yeah being. like a Lovecraftian alien thing. Yeah. Was, yeah he's a monster that has no sense of body or like you know he'll he'll just you know do these really whack things and contort yeah. his body and do all these crazy things but then it, it, where he's like a master manipulator with with children and you know kind of playing into their fears mm-hmm. and making them believe that he's their friend it's 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 horror on two different levels, yeah, you know? Which, let's be honest, though, like, the voice he does for Pennywise is so incredible. Good. Like, I can attempt Try to, to do it. I, I, I already did it, like, three times, all right? Do it. Hey, yeah, Georgie. See, I, I can do, like, 
<laughs> you immediately went. You and I was went, like, uh, no, no. See, I told you, I couldn't do it. No, it's like because he does this almost like higher pitch thing that like makes him sound like a clown, but at the same Hello. time, sounds like a clown that could probably bite your head off, right? Which right. is probably you know job well done. He does like the whole register where he goes mm-hmm. hello, like you know what I mean? Yes. Like all the the stuff where he he has to shake his head and then it comes out, you know? Because there was a lot of uh, when it when it came out initially, and uh, not to get too far off subject, mm-hmm. but like when it came out initially that there was going to be a remake of it. Um, and, you know, Tim Curry is this widely respected actor. He was fantastic as it. And nobody thought, you know, how, how can this guy, who is arguably kind of a newcomer, um, be, uh, you know, t- take on his own role? And I feel like both clowns, you know, Tim Curry's rendition and um, Bill's rendition were both great. But I would argue Bill's was even scarier because mm. he could do all these weird things and 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 that smile there's a pennywise smile challenge going on right now where people are trying to to emulate that upside down triangle that he does that perfect like you know, like kind of oh, pursed yeah. up yeah. kind of thing I'm trying yeah. to do it right now but I can't. Yeah, it's, it's but, hard. <laughs> yeah, but um he totally made this character his own and I see foresee it being kind of like a golem where people are going to try to mimic it for years to come because oh, yeah. he's totally made it his own rendition, you know. So, but he's not utilized as much in this movie. So, if you're here and you're like expecting clown, you won't see as much of the clown. <laughs> I mean, uh, you maybe you will at the very end, at the fight scene, you know, but it's mm. not the same. Yeah, do you just want to jump straight towards that? Yeah. Towards that? So... Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I feel about the last fight scene. And again, I know like the whole thing with Stephen King is that like the entire thing was designed to eventually lead up to this big reveal where it's like, hey, Pennywise is actually an alien. He can kind of take any form he wants to. And like, it almost felt like I was watching like an Indiana Jones type movie, like near the end. And that is very reminiscent of the 80s. You yeah. know what I mean? In the fact that like a, a lot of people, I had someone tell me that the first movie was like they made an 80s movie in 2017. And like, Oh, yeah, I guess they did, because Mm -hmm. like 80s movies were kind of scary, but that wasn't the whole point. You know what I mean? The whole point was (laughs) the friend you made along the way. (laughs) 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 But it was. It was like there was always some sort of weird, deeper thing going on, like the the Native American... you know, ritual that had to be done with the tokens and they all burn it. It's called the ritual of Chud, I think. In the books, Pennywise is a spider. That's what its true form is. Mm-hmm. It ends up laying eggs. Um, oh, wait, really? Yeah. Ugh. And uh, Eddie is still killed in that. Um, He's actually killed by, like, just basically trying to distract it. And uh, similar to what happened in the movie, yeah. um, they end up just killing a spider. Honestly, that's how it is. It's 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 wild. It's like... Um, I mean, is it a giant spider, too, that, like, we kind of see him take form as... Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's like literally, like, and in the t- show, it was a spider. So, you know, um, Ben destroys the eggs... It bites off Eddie's arm. Eddie dies due to blood loss. Um, Richie and Bill fight it. Bill locates its heart and destroys it. I mean, like, literally, they just fight a giant spider. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the the first one was kind of more of a mental energy thing. Yeah, but which the is, second one was like we're gonna kill a spider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's kind of why I think I still prefer the first one over over uh, chapter two, just because like I think it definitely. It stayed a lot more consistent, I feel. Like, by the yeah. end, like, this entire thing is them working up the courage to, like, not be scared of this, you know, of this clown, you know? Yeah. And now, like, they kind of did, in a sense, they kind of did the same thing. I just felt like it didn't, like, build up to it. Because, like, again, like, the final conflict is resolved by them being like, you're a clown, you're a stupid clown, you're a tiny baby clown, you fucking idiot, you're a tiny clown, you know? Just, like... It was pretty hokey, I would say, yeah. how they chose to end it and the fact that they wanted to to make it small. Now, I liked their initial plan was, oh, we're going to try to put it through this small... <laughs> like a oh, yeah, area yeah. and and try to make it small, like believe it small. I, I will admit, I got thematically what they were trying to do because obviously, being that they were the losers club and they had all dealt with bullying and. But I was like, so wait, the answer is to bully back? Like, is that the answer? <laughs> if someone's bullying, you bully them back yeah. and, and make them super small. Also, note when the clown melts. It, a lot of the animation and the CGI that was done in these monsters, like the weird naked lady that yeah. comes back, it was kind of cartoony almost a in little this bit, one. Yeah. It was weird. It mm-hmm. was like a little less. There there were some monsters that almost kind of reminded me of um, Beetlejuice a little bit. I don't I know if they meant to do that, but like it had more of a mm. almost artsy kind of vibe to it. Yeah. You know? I, I was almost getting like Scooby-Doo vibes off some of the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is like an R-rated Scooby-Doo movie. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, say like a like a giant Paul Bunyan statue that yeah. that became sentient. You know, like right. I, like I feel like to a certain extent, you kind of have to roll with it if you want to enjoy the movie. Right. You know, or it's like yeah, this is it's like it. Like I was saying before, it's a Lovecraftian space clown. All right. Like yeah. like you gotta kind of like loosen. You know. Oh yeah. Loosen up a little bit for absolutely. It. So I think that. Uh, I I will admit that I think that they had to kill they had to kill it. I think the way they killed it was kind of dumb, mm-hmm. but I'm not really sure. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, imagine if that was like his like big plan. If that was Steve King's like, I'm gonna make an awful ending because my self insert character can't write endings. Oh. <laughs> it's just him projecting. By the way, Stephen King does make an appearance. In yeah, the, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, he he ends up being uh, the guy that sells Bill his uh, silver, his beloved silver bike back. Yes. So. Yeah, and uh, he actually has like a par- fairly. I wouldn't. I, I don't know. It's more than a Stan Lee cameo where Stan Lee only had one mm. line. Stephen King has two or three lines. In yeah, this. I was he had a he had a full ass scene. He had like a back and forth yeah. going on with Bill. You know, what? he was pretty good. He was actually pretty like he he definitely served the, the grumpy shopkeeper role very well. Yeah, I I um, I think that's hilarious. So uh, you know, I, I would say at the end of the day, I still loved though that there was a happy ending and that they all did end up. Well, besides for Eddie. By the way, so this is how um, dense I can be sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I'll pick up on these deep themes, right? Sometimes I'll sit there, watch the whole ass movie, watch Richie carve an E into the dam. My mother later was like... And I thought it was so sad that Richie loved Eddie. I'm like, is that who the E was? She was like, are oh, you? Yeah. She was like, are oh. you serious right now? And then I was like, oh, I'm sad again. Like, oh no, I never. Was, I was like, oh, he's yeah. the, I, me. 
who writes That's... gay fan fiction sat what, there what? and watched the whole movie and was yeah. what? It was a reflection of the opening scene. I know. I it know. It was a reflection of the. I know. The, and I the, sat it, there. Ends, it starts and ends the same way. <laughs> <laughs> and I was seriously like, I was seriously like. I was like, man, he must really miss his friend. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. Just in the one he just calls out, loser club forever with a heart surrounding. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I'm so thankful that Beverly ended up with Ben. I was so yeah, was thankful. Good. Now that is true to the books too. I just couldn't remember truthfully if she ended up with Ben. But I was like, y'all are married. I mean, she's not really anymore. Yeah, she ended really. that, but yeah. he's married, and also. Ben's the one that wrote the damn poem. So, like, no, show Ben some love. But don't just love him because he's skinny now. I <laughs> I was thinking that in my head. I was like, you love him if he gains weight again, Beverly. <laughs> I mean, listen, all right, he's chilling on a yacht. I don't think, I think he's set. You know? like, they, <laughs> yeah. they were chilling on a yacht during like, that closing shot. That was good. I wanted Mike to leave. I was like, Mike, live your dreams. Go to Florida. I don't know. Just leave. Yeah. Just just leave town. He did leave, though. Yeah, he, I, he talked about he was going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I was really happy with, with that. That that was basically the closing shot of the movie was him leaving town, mm-hmm. and then you know like the nice camera pan up. You know that was that was nice. Yeah, made me feel happy. It did. It felt very classic. Like yes. at the end of the day, I felt like everything was wrapped up. You know what I mean? And like there were some scares, but I overall just liked the fact that this was a multifaceted movie, and I felt like I could just I could watch it again and again and again because admittedly when you rely too much on jump scares on too much hmm. on stuff like that you you can only but watch that maybe once or twice and then you know the jump scares and then where's the actual heart like where's the 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 and the and this movie focused more on the the meat and what really mattered which was these characters kind of dealing with their childhood trauma and dealing with the loss of innocence and dealing with the fact that they were now adults and had led, led these very different lives and we're no longer oh my gosh and the whole i feel like the the penultimate episode or a uh, scene in this entire movie was stanley in the um oh. in the clubhouse oh, with yeah. the rest of them and they're all talking about their futures and he says are we still going to be friends how many people do you know that are yeah. still friends with their friends in high in middle school and if i could describe what this movie is really about it's about that scene like you know what i mean and them all realizing what their connection is and mm. stuff and so that's that's where it's yeah. the most powerful to me yeah and i also think it was a really great closing note that they said that they all still remember this time now that they left yes because like now it has been defeated you know they can and like now they have that bond that like we don't need to worry about them like forgetting each other again See, and that and that is different than the book, and that's again why I think that the movie is probably more strong than the book. <laughs> you know, also the the movie didn't include the weird orgy scene that wasn't uh, that in the first part. Yeah, right. Yeah, yep. I, yeah. I've, I've heard murmurs about that. Didn't I don't. Need I'm not going to ask about it. Yeah, there that's was all also I need. a dog torturing scene. Oh, they no. cut that out too. Oh, no. I was, exactly. I was like, you know what, Stephen? There's only so much damn. <laughs> like thing. you had Pet Cemetery. Damn it. We <laughs> can only handle so much. Okay. <laughs> like. Let us have this happy ending, and they all get to get, you know, and they're all friends at the end. Let us have this. So, ultimately, I felt like they took a great work of fiction and made it even better, and I felt like it was a nice way to end things. It was so, definitely nice. Eight out of ten. I'm standing by six. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I liked the movie. It was good. Six out of ten. Final answer. You're going in the sewer.
All right, so that does it for our It Chapter 2 review. We've been loving doing these reviews lately. And if you have a good movie for us to watch, preferably horror, but it doesn't have to be, you can email me at lrance at springfieldrocks.com. Thank you for all the support.